Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of The Grinds, your NFL football prediction show and recap. It's just me, Todd Fox, on the mic tonight as my boy is doing a little uh, cross-country traveling, so we could not get this one knocked out together at the same time. So with that being said, I'm going to do an abbreviated show to get into the highlights. As uh, I know I promised the last couple weeks to do a highlight show with the videos and the sound bites and everything. It's just, oh man, I'm telling you, it's been a crazy year. So next week for sure, for sure, we will have the video highlights or on uh, our YouTube channel, plus we will have the highlights on um, on here, the audio and stuff. But let's get started. Week 11 started with my Seahawks going in or going into the new Loomis field. It changed from the clink to Loomis field. And Seattle is now 1-0 at that uh, stadium because they defeat the Cardinals, who came in there with the same exact record that were 6-3. Seattle was 6-3 as well. They needed this win because Arizona had stole a victory from them earlier in the season. The defense came through with uh, Dunlop getting a sack. I would have played that highlight like six times, dude, of him sacking little Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray went 29 for 42, 269, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, the this game was lost for the Cardinals because they couldn't run the ball. Their highest running uh, rushing attempts um, was Kenyon Drake, 11 carries for 29 yards. That's not going to get it done. Fitzgerald was held to eight catches and 62 yards. He was the leading receiver. DeAndre Hopkins only had five catches for 51 yards. Seattle's defense for the second week in a row came through pretty good in this game as they won 28 to 21. Dunlop getting the fitting sack at the end of the game. Russell Wilson was 23 of 28, 197, two touchdowns, no picks. Carlos Hyde provided much balance with 14 carries, 79 yards. Russell Wilson, 10 for 42. <clears throat> Bo Scarborough brought up from the practice squad, had six carries, 31 yards before tearing his growing in one of the worst splits I've ever seen, dude. So that really sucked. Tyler Lockett led the way with nine catches, 67 yards. Um, defense played really well for Seattle. That was the name of the game. That's the reason why they won. Uh, at times when Seattle um, just wasn't moving the football, Seattle kept the high-powered scoring offense of the Cardinals in check. So me and Matt both picked the Seahawks to win. We both want to know. We move on to the Steelers and Jaguars. Pittsburgh wins this one. It was only close for about a quarter and a half. Jacksonville has now lost nine straight games after starting the year 1-0. Pittsburgh has won 10 straight to start the season 10-0. But again, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and some bandwagoners across the nation, no one really buys the Steelers as good as they really are. I don't think they're no 10-0 team. I think they've been a product of a really weak schedule. Um, ben Roethlisberger went 32 of 46, 267, two touchdowns and a pick. James Kana had 13 carries for 89 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 12 catches, 111 yards. Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, Ray Ray McLeod, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, look, he has a bunch of guys that are just guys as receivers. Their scheme on defense and on offense for Pittsburgh is what wins them games. They've blitzed forever since they had the um, – Coward days. Um, it's basically the same offense. You know, dink and dunks occasionally go deep, run the ball down your throat, wear you out. That's what they did to, uh, to uh, Jacksonville in this game. Nothing special at all. Plus, they were facing Jake Luton, making his second career start. 
He did pretty good in his last game, barely losing, but uh, not in this game. Jake Luton went 16 for 37, 151 yards, no touchdowns, and four big interceptions. James Robinson, the rookie, had 17 carries, 73 yards, the only bright spot for the Jags. Again, the Jags go down. Ninth straight loss. We both pick up a win. We're 2-0. Again, uh, Matty, Matt, and and, uh, myself usually go against each other with picks. And uh, I'm 4-3-1 against him. He's trying to even things up with a win. I'll let you know who wins at the end of this thing here. Um, Here's a shocker, though. Uh, Well, I don't know. You can never really um, hold it against the... um, the uh, Lions. The Lions always find ways to do stupid things, and they always do things that you never expect or lows that you never think they'd hit, and they'd hit them. Boneheaded plays. Well, in this one, me and Matt both picked Detroit because we figured a banged-up Carolina would not win this game with an XFL superstar starting at quarterback, plus no McCaffrey for the Panthers. you think Detroit would win to go to 5-5. Five and five. Here's their opportunity. <clears throat> Both Detroit and Dallas drop the ball, and Detroit loses 20 to nothing. So they don't even score a point with Matthew Stafford going 18 and 33 for only 178 yards. Adrian Peterson, God, retire already, dude. Seven carries, 18 yards. He's just holding on like Frank Gore. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson is your leading receiver, folks, for Detroit. Four catches, 68 yards. Panthers. Philip Walker, 24 of 34, like I said, from straight out of the XFL, 258, a touchdown, two picks. Mike Davis, 19 carries, 64 yards. DJ Moore, seven catches, 127 yards. This game was over before it started. Detroit could just not move the ball in Carolina's defense, which is pretty damn weak. So Carolina improves the four and seven, while Detroit falls to four and six. Their playoff hopes might be shot. Uh, that moves us on to, so we both got the loss. We're two and one. We get a loss in this one um, as well. Actually, no, he picks up the win in this one. I I, I get a loss. <clears throat> the Patriots lose 27-20 to to Houston. So after winning in a freaking monsoon on the Monday prior, they take on the Houston Texans, who were 2-7 and seven coming in. Houston gets their third win of the season. Patriots fall to 4-6, which you have not said since the Drew Bledsoe era or just before the Drew Bledsoe era. The Patriots have usually been 500 or better when they had Bledsoe. And then as far as, uh, uh, you know, Belichick getting them over the hump and just with Brady constantly winning that division, ain't happening this year, which is uh, really happy to see. I'm happy to see. Cam Newton had a good game. He was 26 of 40 with 365 uh, passing yards, a touchdown, no picks. Um, uh, Damian Harris had 11 carries for 43 yards. It's not going to get done. Damian Bird had six catches for 132 yards. On the Texan side, Deshaun Watson, 28 of 37, 344, two touchdowns, no picks. Deshaun Watson was also your leading rusher. That's no good. Six carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Duke Duke Johnson, 10 for 15. That is pathetic. Brandon Cooks was the leading receiver. In this game, Houston uh, benefited from a few turnovers by the Patriots, and the Patriots uh, blew it at the end as they were trying to go down to tie this one up. So, Patriots fall to four and six. We both, uh, well, he gets a win, I get a loss. Titans and Ravens, this was a bit of a shocker. Um, The Tennessee Titans go to seven three. They haven't not they have not played good since they were five and zero. Baltimore Ravens fall to six and four. 
They were at home, and I, I know with COVID, it doesn't make a difference. They have a lot of cardboard cutouts, barely any fans. Ryan Tannehill continues his up-and-down season. Went 22 of 31, 259, two touchdowns and a pick. Derrick Henry was your all-star fan favorite game player of the day. 28 carries, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Corey Davis, five receptions for 113 yards for the Titans. For the losing Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson continues his sophomore slump, 17 for 29, 186, touchdown and a pick. J.K. Dobbins, 15 for 70, Mark Andrews, 5 for 96. Look, in this game, and this is the thing, Mark Ingram Jr. was making like a laughing stock of every press conference last year. He was, you know, throwing it out there, Lamar. They were just having a great old time, and then they got bitch slapped in the face by the freaking Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs, and I think that... I don't think it humbled any of them. I think it just left a bad taste in their mouth, and they didn't learn from it. If it would have humbled them, they would have came out stronger this year. They would have did what Colin Coward predicted them to do, and that's go 16-0. I don't think they had the talent to, but they could have went 14-2. Instead, they've let teams punch them in the face, and the Titans punched them in the face, sent it to overtime, and Henry took it out on their ass in, in, in the overtime. And, you know, Baltimore really, uh, you know, Jackson – Look, Tennessee gave you the blueprint on how to beat Jackson. Now Jackson needs to show that he can pass the ball. Teams want this dude to pass. They don't want him to run. And if you can keep him in the pocket, keep him from running these big runs, you're going to win. And uh, if and I've said it before with Matty Matt, the more this dude takes punishment and, and runs, he, look, he had 13 attempts for 51 yards. I don't want my quarterback having 13 damn carries. For me, it's six or seven max. You know, if Russell Wilson's got to run out of the pocket and get five to ten yards or something like that, I don't want him going 13 for 51 for a 3.9 average. That's, Or even when he rushes for 70 yards, dude takes hits. He does not go out of bounds. I'm telling you, it's going to come back and bite him in the butt one of these days. But in this game, Tennessee gets a huge win, a much-needed one to keep pace in that division. And Baltimore suffers a big-time loss because now they're in third place in the AFC uh, Central. Why? Because the Cleveland Browns win in another home game where they have severe bad weather again. They had tor uh, torrential rain in this game. Now, of course, they won the game prior 10-7. to uh, Nick Chubb disappointed a lot of uh, fantasy owners by running out of bounds. Very ugly game. But, and then they lost the Raider game with windy conditions. But this one was a lot of rain. Philadelphia continues to lead that division because of that tie, the NFC least. They fall to 3-6-1 and one and are in first place. So if the playoffs were to start today, because the Rams won on Monday, the Seattle Seahawks would be traveling to Philadelphia like they are on Monday to face the Eagles in a home game in the playoffs, which is weird as hell. Uh, none of those teams deserve to to uh, be in the playoffs, let alone host a game. But that's the way the scenario is set up in the NFL. But Cleveland wins this one 22-17. It wasn't that close. Uh, Eagles got a garbage touchdown at the end. Uh, Carson Wentz continues to suck. 21 of 35, 235, two touchdowns, two picks. I've said it all year long. This dude holds the ball way too long before getting rid of it. And uh, he takes a lot of hits and throws a lot of stupid passes. He threw a, a pick six to start the game off for Cleveland um, in the first half, which was the only score before things started getting going in the second half. But if you think about it, Carson Wentz, as much as he makes stupid mistakes, as much as he holds on to the ball too long, 
Who's he really got around him? He's got Miles Sanders, 16 carries for 66 yards. Bart, uh, Boston Scott, who the hell is that? Five carries, 24 yards. His leading receiver is Dallas Gobert, 5 for 77. Jalen Rieger, 4 for 52. Richard Rodgers, 2 for 48. Boston Scott, 3 for 26. Miles Sanders. Travis Fulgham was considered his best receiver. And on paper, Alshon Jeffrey is his best receiver. And he did not even make a catch. Um, yeah, good luck, Eagles, against my Seahawks. Baker Mayfield, because the weather, did not play that good. The jury, for me, is still out on him. I really want him to take the next step, but he's been so up and down. But it's funny. As up and down as he is, that Cleveland defense is getting better, and their running game is really solid. They're 7-3. I'm just disappointed they did not show up against Pittsburgh. They got one more shot at Pittsburgh. I really would like them to show up against Pittsburgh. Nick Chubb went uh, 20 for 114. He continues to be just phenomenal. Uh, Cardell uh, Hodge had uh, three catches for 73 yards to lead Cleveland. This game was not in doubt um, at all, except if you want to count the onside kick. Saints and Falcons. This was hilarious because Julio Jones opened his mouth and said, oh, uh, Taysom Hill starting instead of Jameis Winston. We're going to blow these guys out. So they went into New Orleans. And they fall to 3-7 and seven as they lose 24-9. As the Saints now have the best record in the NFC, they go to 8-2. While Matt Ryan threw 19, catches, or 19 attempts for 37 yards, 232, or 19 for 37, 232 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Todd Gurley, captain arthritis, continues his stellar uh, year of 8 carries and 26 yards, no touchdowns. Gurley sucks. I'm, I'm telling you, he's had one or two good games. This dude has been exposed. He got paid way too much by the Rams. Bad knees and all. He was like, he's your prototypical now, 13 for 51, 14 or 17 for 70 at max. He's not the type of running back he used to be. He's only got a lot of touchdowns this year because they've gotten in the red zone a lot. And he gets like the one and two yard touchdown. So don't give me that stuff. Calvin Ridley, uh, they're, I mean, we've said it before too, their receiving core is really good. Um, but not in this game. Calvin Ridley, five catches for 90 yards. Russell Cage, seven for 58. And the Big Mouth had two catches for 39. Julio Jones, way to show the Saints. Um, Saints uh, offense, Taysom Hill, 18 of 23, 233. Uh, Latavius Murray led the rushing, which was kind of weird, 12 for 49. Kamara had 13 for 45. Michael Thomas, a return to 100 yards for Michael Thomas, nine catches, 104 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, who was everyone who i hate this dude because he's on my fantasy team and he never shows up when i need him to four catches 66 yards <clears throat> saints have the best record in the nfc uh we move on to a devastating loss for the cincinnati Bengals as they fall to two seven and one but what matters most to them not losing to the winless nameless well they're not winless but nameless team the w uh, they lost 20 to nine to that Washington team, but that wasn't the story. The story in the game was Joe Burrow suffering a close to, not as bad, by any stretch of the imagination of an Alex Smith slash Joe Joe Theismann. But his leg did not twist or turn or go any way rotating uh, the way it should have. Uh, it looked pretty nasty. He's lucky to get away with an ACL MCL tear. Uh, it's two big tendons, but still, that's recoverable. 
Um, he might not have the scrambling mobility, which sucks because this is his first year, obviously, as a rookie, but he finished the game and the year 22-34, 2-0-3, a touchdown, no pick. Uh, I'm not going to go with these Bengals stats because no one's going to know him except Tyler Boyd, 9, nine for 85. But uh, Cincinnati was probably in the in – the, um, they were winning at that time. I think it was 9-7. to They're probably going to beat Washington, but Washington now sits a half game out of first place. That That's just crazy. Same thing with Dallas. Alex Smith continues his return, 17-25, 166 touchdown and a pick. Antonio Gibson, 16 for 94. Rushing the ball, Terry McLaurin, 5 for 84. Tell me, fans, is this a game where the freaking uh, the field in Washington is a curse? Because there has been several freaking injuries at that stadium, and it's not getting any better, losing yet another good quarterback. And then we have the Jets and my... Uh, wife's favorite team, the Chargers. This game was two and six. Um, the two and seven Chargers, who could be easily six and three, uh, coming into the game, but they've had some bad lucks, and their coach sucks, and they make some bad moves, penalties, uh, drop balls, whatever. They lose games they should win, and the Jets just don't win. They're, the Jets were zero and nine coming in. They fall to zero and ten. Chargers hold on for uh, to go to three and seven. Uh, Joe Flacco, 15 of 30, 205, a two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Frank Gore, who said and was quoted, I do not want to go out a loser and winless. He had 15 carries, 61 yards, which is better than Peterson. And he seems to be not just hanging on, but being productive. He had a touchdown in this game, too. Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims is your leading receiver for um, the New York Jets. Uh, <clears throat> Jets are a dumpster fire from from uh, GM all the way down. So no surprise they lose this game. They are now the Lions and the Browns from a few years ago. Justin Herbert continues to surprise, continues to play really good. He is your quarterback for the future. Tyrod Taylor, uh, he could thank the staff for puncturing his lung. Or actually, Justin Herbert can thank the staff for puncturing um, her, uh, what's his name? Um, I just said his name. The backup quarterback now for the um, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, for the Chargers because his career started once they punctured his lung, which is still incredible. How, how the hell do you hurt your quarterback that bad? Uh, Herbert went 37 for 49, 366, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Balazs 16 for 44. They're missing, missing their rushing game. Once they get it back, they will be dangerous. Keenan Allen, 16 for 145. Mike Williams, 4 for 72. That tandem is really, really good. I would love to have Mike Williams on the Seahawks, just saying. Uh, the Chargers played really good in this game. This game shouldn't have been that close. Uh, the Jets scored some garbage touchdowns to make it a little bit closer in the second half. Uh, Chargers should have blown them out, but in true Charger fashion, you can't give your fans anything to relax on. Then another shocker right here, uh, the Miami Dolphins, who we thought everyone thought was really high. Everyone was you know, on a fire. We thought uh, Tua was going to get another uh, victory, another road victory. Instead, the Broncos go to four and six to try to salvage their season. Dolphins fall to six and four. Uh, <clears throat> they were trying to keep pace with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Fitzpatrick had to come in the game because Tua Tungafaloa got hurt. Uh, his, uh, went 11 for 20, 83 yards. He might actually start. Fitzpatrick shaved the beard. Um, he tried some Fitz magic, but it just fell short as they were trying to tie the game late in the game. Fitz had him in position, but threw a pick in the red zone. Fitz went 12 for 18 for 117 yards and a, and a pick. Um, Savan Ahmed 
Uh, 12 for 43 on the ground. Devontae Parker led him with uh, 12 for no six for 61 uh, on receptions. Drew Locke, who which I I really hate this guy. Um, you know, some of you guys are Broncos fans. That's fine, but dude, I, I can't stand this dude. Um, to me, he's like a Johnny Manziel attitude. He's far more talented, um, but I, he's not the answer in Denver. I'm telling you, he's not. Give that dude, um, uh, what's his name, Rippin a chance. I think he could be something special. And for the first time this year, the Broncos running game actually clicked the way that it was drawn up. Melvin Gordon had 15 carries for 84 yards. Phillip Lindsay had 16 for 82. Magical when these guys can actually stay healthy and play good in the same game. The Broncos get a big... Uh, uh, upset win. Tim Patrick, five catches, 119 yards. Noah Fant, four for 55. Denver held on at the end. <clears throat> Good game. Uh, surprising game. Uh, we both got the loss in that one. Then another one where we both got the loss because, you know, Matty Matt's a Cowboy fan. And uh, I never really picked the Vikings because I just, I never trust them. But I, and I should have picked the Cowboys in this game. I had a funny feeling about this one. And so did Matty. But, uh, but no, we, we went with the Vikings in this game. The Vikings, who had won three straight, were looking to go 5-5, five and five, just like Detroit, turn their season around. And they did the same thing Detroit did. They fell and lost a game at home. At least, at least Detroit was on the road. They could kind of, like, blame it on that. But Minnesota's at home, lose, four and, uh, lose 31 to 28. Dallas just wanted this game more. Uh, Captain Redhead, 22 of 32, 203, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, Ezekiel Elliott got back to running the ball good. 21 carries for 103 yards. But Tony Pollard's run was a backbreaker. Five for 60s. He broke one uh, late. And then Amari uh, Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb had good games. <clears throat> so the Viking stats, Kirk Cousins, can't blame him in this game. 22 of 30, 314, three touchdowns, no picks. You can't blame Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 115 yards, and a, and a, a touchdown. You can't blame Adam Thielen, eight catches, 123. Justin Jefferson, three for 86. What you can blame is a crappy defense. This team's defense was great three years ago. It was good last year, not so much this year. They went through salary cap hell. They've lost a lot of guys, and Dallas exposed them. And even Andy Dalton can, uh, like a blind squirrel, find a nut and get a victory, and he did. And Dallas is right there, a half game out of first place. At three and seven, this was the game of the day, though I believe. Um, as we move on, uh, we both got this one wrong. <clears throat> um, actually, no, Matt got this one right with the pack. I picked the Colts in this one. Uh, the Colts. Oh, I got this one right. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I got this one right. The Colts, even uh, uh, even their record with the Packers at seven and three. Both teams. Uh, actually, the Packers were seven and two, trying to get to uh, with the Saints at eight and two, but the uh, Colts get the victory in overtime they come back to win this game after the Packers uh, had a 28 to 7 lead at one point Aaron Rodgers went 27 to 38 311 three touchdowns and a pick Aaron Jones 10 carries 41 he's been getting squished out of that uh the running game a lot lately Aaron Jones has Devontae Adams hasn't been uh, has been catching a lot of balls seven for 106 Marquez Valdez Scantling who has been trustworthy for Mr. Aaron Rodgers had three catches, 55 yards, but it was his catch in overtime, which cost the Packers because as they were, as they got the first drive of overtime, 
Rodgers hit him on a screen. He got spun around, fumbled the ball. The Colts recovered, and in the three plays later, later kicked a game-winning field goal in overtime. That place would have went nuts had it been packed. That's why, I, man, NFL reactions and stadiums can go from, like, great to epic to just sad, depending on the outcome of the play, particular play, and this one would have been a great outcome for the Colts fans. Um, Phillip Rivers, 24-36, 288 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas from uh, Home Improvement, 22 carries, 90 yards. And Michael Pittman Jr., three for 66 receiving. The Colts had a balanced offense. They weren't intimidated by the Packers. Big win by the Colts as they keep pace with the Tennessee Titans. That's going to come down to the wire of that division as well. They have a huge matchup this week uh, going forward. <clears throat> Dang, I'm coughing a lot. Um, Chiefs and Raiders on Sunday Night Football. This one was a good game. And I'll, look, the Raiders, the, the Chiefs are nine and Raiders. They're, you know, they have only lost to the Raiders. And the Raiders could have went to 7-3 and been right there a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, Captain Eyeliner loses at home because Patrick Mahomes couldn't be stopped when he wanted to. And that last drive... I don't know what the Raiders' defense was thinking, but uh, leaving Kelsey open in the middle of the field with no one around him within 15 yards, not a defense I would have chosen at that time. But Patrick Mahomes, 34 for 45, 348, two touchdowns. They actually picked him off. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 14 carries for 69 yards. Travis Kelsey, 8 for 127, best tight end in football. Tyreek Hill, 11 for 102. And then we go over the Raiders' stats. Derek Carr, Captain Eyeliner, 23 for 31, 275, three touchdowns, one pick. Here's where the Raiders lost the game. The Joshua Jacobs, only 17 carries, 55 yards. Devontae Booker, 5 for 16. When the Raiders are good and they're winning games, <clears throat> those two are really up, you know, they get good stats. You know, Joshua Jacobs, almost 100 yards. And then Devontae Booker will give him a nice little fresh uh, one-two punch. He gets between 50 to 70 yards. And the Raiders almost rush for two, and they always win. But uh, not in these games. And uh, Darren Waller should be the supporting receiver, not the leading receiver. He had seven carries or seven catches for 88 yards. The ending was atrocious. Raiders went, uh, you know, and then they had a shot, you know, like it was weird because I've never really seen a quarterback, with the exception of preseason, just give a shoulder shrug and a smile to the bench in a losing effort or a pick. That literally cost him the game. Now, obviously, that he didn't have too many choices. He had to throw it up there, but that wasn't the best-looking throw. The safety made an easy interception on it. He could have thrown it out in front of the receiver a lot more, but didn't. And he kind of uh, thrown it to the side of the field or to the middle of the field instead of towards the sideline. So the safety had an easy interception. Derek Carr looked over at the sideline like, eh, you know, like, next game. But you're 6-4, and four, okay, in a packed AFC you're likely going to make the playoffs, but there's a chance you could lose. I think I'd be a lot more frustrated or just, you know, have better body, um, what is it called, uh, body emotions or whatever, uh, facial expression. Anyway, that sets us to the, the Rams and the Buccaneers for Monday night. And this was a shocker to me because I did not think that the Buccaneers would, uh, would win this game. <clears throat> or, or I did not think the Rams would win this game, excuse me. Uh, I'm not buying into the Rams. Uh, I'm not buying into McVay, and that's just not the hater coming out of me. Uh, everyone always deems this dude as a freaking uh, genius. They always deem him as, oh, he, you know, he knows everything 
Like, this guy can't be stopped. He's such a great coach. And then they say Jared Goff is such a great quarterback and, you know, he can't be stopped and all this other stuff. Uh, I, I don't I don't see it because, to me, Goff hasn't won anything. When you blitz this dude and you put guys in his face, he, ain't, he does not make plays at all. He always throws an interception or he fumbles. Um, in this game, look, I'll tell you what. He threw 39 passes for, uh, no, 51 passes, completed 39, 376. 39 attempts, 376, okay. Three touchdowns, they threw two picks. They, you know, look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really didn't do much at all on offense in the second half. And they were lucky to be in the game because their defense came through, but their defense was playing a very soft zone against Goff and they weren't getting to the quarterback putting anybody in his face, and that's why they lost the game. They didn't lose the game because of Tom Brady as much, but I think their defense gave up too much and let the you know the Rams have the ball too much. I mean, they stopped the run. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 3 for 20. That's all they had. <clears throat> but Cooper Cup, 11 for 145. Robert Woods, 12 for 130. The secondary was picked apart because the pass rush was not there. And the play actions shouldn't have been working. If you're not running the ball, that's just bad defense. And that's just Bruce Arians to me being, you know, just stupid. Uh, I, I just, I don't like, I've never liked him either. Uh, Tom Brady, 26 of 48, 216, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Ronald Jones Jr., a disappointing 10 for 24. Antonio Brown, 8 for 57 as he continues to wonder where his bicycle's at and all he needs. Um, I took the loss and so did Matty. So, in the week, <clears throat> the Maddie won by one game over me. So now that evens our record of picks to 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. So now we're going to get to the predictions. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to get to the predictions. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions to beat the Texans. As that's the opening game of tomorrow night's slate or tomorrow morning slate um, of Thanksgiving Day games, which is weird because... I'd rather see filled stadiums and sucky games being played on Thanksgiving than empty stadiums and sucky games being played because we got two shysty games, and that's Detroit over the Texans. He's picking the Texans. I'm going with the Lions. And then he's picking, of course, the Dallas Cowboys in the secondary game against the Washington. I'm going to go with Washington in the upset in this one, if you want to call it that. Two, three, and seven teams trying to keep pace with the three, six, and one. And if whoever wins that game is likely going to win or be in first place because I don't see Philly beating Seattle. And then so and then we got cheated out of the uh, Pittsburgh game. Uh, we'll get to that one in a minute because that one got moved back. The Chargers play the Bills, which is going to be a very good game. But I got the Bills in that one to win. He's got the Bills. I just don't see Justin Herbert winning on the road. Um, Seattle had a tough time up there. I know how the Bills play. They want to get another victory. Uh, and that's going to be a big one. <clears throat> um, Titans and Colts, as good as the Titans played, I'm going to go with the Colts at home in this one. Uh, Colts handled them last time. He's going to go with the Titans. I think Phillip My Rivers actually doesn't turn the ball over again, and he's going to march them deep into the postseason this year. That's going to be a very good game. Um, then the next game we have, uh, let's see. Hold on, let me see what he popped up here. Oh, he's going. It, and then the next game is going to be Vikings, Skull Gang, Skull Gang against the Panthers. He's going with the Vikings. I'm going to not disagree with that. I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. 
the Vikings have too much on offense to not win this game. I don't see the Panthers shutting out the Vikings. I mean, look, the Vikings should just give up the rest of their games if they lose this game at home. That last loss to Dallas was bad, but you can't lose again to the Panthers because the way Vikings fans were talking, they were talking about going on a run, being 7-5. and five. Ain't happening now. They're 4-6. and six. They're looking just to get to 5-6 and six at this point. <clears throat> Next game, Browns and Jaguars. Um, it's easy to see who we're going to pick in this one. <clears throat> we're both going to go with the Browns to, do, to not do Brownie things. I think the Jaguars lose their 10th in a row. Look for the Browns' offense to re, to be reestablished in this game because it's been put on mute three of the last four weeks. And then, surprisingly, a big game, you wouldn't think, between these two teams, and not because Burrow's not there. Well, if Burrow was there, it would be more interesting. But a big game for the New York Giants because, again, whoever wins that division or whoever wins the first game tomorrow versus Washington and Dallas has a good shot to be in first place. Well, the Giants have the same... You know, they could be tied for first place, too, if Philly loses with the winner of that Dallas-Washington game because the Giants will be in Cincinnati without Burrow, and the Giants need this win. They've been playing better. Their offensive line looks better. The Giants are looking for that fourth win, and I think they're going to get it, and so does Matty. So that's going to be a good game. And then the um, – we no, that's not going to be a good game. But it's a good opportunity for the Giants um, – the next game is going to be a sleeper. I think this one's going to be a lot tighter than people think. That's what she said. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be playing at the Patriots. And uh, I'm going to, I begrudgingly am going to pick the same pick as Matt. He went with the Cardinals to beat the Patriots. And I think the same thing's going to happen. I think uh, Cardinals are going to, going to be just a little bit too much for the Patriots, but they're going to keep it super close. Uh, the next game, you've got to be an idiot if you pick against them. Unless the Dolphins do some really bad things in this game, and that's lose to the Jets. The Jets are 0 10. The Bronco, the Dolphins are 6 and 4. I think the Miami Dolphins get this win. Fitzpatrick, Tua, whoever starts, the Jets suck. And that leaves us with the next game. That will be the Raiders taking on the Falcons. And the Falcons are, are the dregs of the NFC South, while the Raiders. Are six and four trying to make that playoff push? Um, I'm going with the Raiders as well. Uh, Matt picks the Raiders, so we're on. We're locked on to a lot of these games because they seem self-explanatory in a way. The Raiders should win this game. The Falcons are a dumpster fire on defense. Uh, look for the Raiders if you got them in your fantasy to put up some good numbers. That'll push us to the game that should have been tomorrow night, which would have been the um, Thanksgiving Day night game instead. It will be the uh, late game on Sunday. Or no, it will be one of the uh, morning games. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the last morning games. Ravens at Steelers. 10-0 Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. And guess what? I'm going to pick the upset because Matt goes with the Steelers to go to 11-0. I'm picking the Ravens to finally punch them in the face and get that victory. Um, I think the Ravens need this one because if they fall to 6-5, and five, dude, that's... You know, Colin Coward's five already five losses into a 16-0 start, so I don't know about that. Um, but I, I, I think the Ravens are due for a big win. This is one they got to get because they have not beaten a legit team yet. So he's got the Steelers. I got the Ravens. Um, Saints and Broncos, we're both going to go with the Saints. I hope the Broncos can pull the upset for Seattle reasons, but I don't see it happening. Taysom Hill, whoever's starting, 
It's going to be close, but the Broncos' defense is not as good as it used to be, and Drew Locke's just a terrible quarterback. I think he's going to throw the Broncos out of this game and get the loss. Then the game that I wish the Niners would show up for because I hate them so much, and they can't even do that right and show up against the Rams. Even though they beat him earlier in the season, that was with uh, Jimmy uh, G, and that was with you know Captain Herpes, Jimmy G, um, Mr. Pornstar quarterback. But uh, the Rams, I think, are going to handle them uh, here in Los Angeles. He thinks the same, so we're on the same as that. Then the Chiefs and Buccaneers, ha, 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 Tom Brady, you're going to suffer your fifth loss because the Chiefs are going to destroy you. He thinks the same. We're on the same page a lot in these picks. Um, and then it's the Packers versus the Bears on Sunday. That should be a good game. But uh, Mitch Trubisky gets a start in this game, but we're both going to go with the Packers because I don't see uh, Trubisky getting a win. And then we're both going with my Seahawks to fly. Nope, the Eagles are going to fly their way to a loss uh, on Monday night. So with all that being said, those are our picks for this week. Thank you for listening. We Again, we'll be back on the highlights next week. I promise you I will make the time to do it. And Maddie will as well. So if you like what you hear, leave a comment, whatever. And tell us how, how you did in your picks or what are your picks. So for Todd Fox and not Maddie Mad, peace.